This is a CBC Podcast. Hey, I'm Claire Bonnyman, and welcome to The Loop. This week on the show, we're going sort of analog, because it's really hard to escape digital tools right now. Everything from my alarm clock to my watch to my bus schedule comes through an app or, or just on my phone. And photography is no different. Most people, myself included, are constantly taking photos. I snapped a be real like 30 seconds ago. More than ever before, we're just snapping away on our phones, capturing odd moments, letting them sit in digital albums, collecting virtual dust. But there is a renaissance happening, and some Edmontonians are choosing to take some old school snaps. Liam Harrop joins me to talk about a collective working to revive film photography. Hello, Liam. Hello. Are you a photography person? Are you a photographer? Well, I, l- I like to take photos. Like, I do choose my iPhone based on the type of camera it has. Really? So that's why I got, like, the Pro Max. Oh, wow. And so... Fancy. Yeah, but I, I do get nervous if people are like, are you a photographer? Because I think then there's, like, an expectation. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, I just like to take photos. Don't judge. <laughs> what do you like to take photos of usually? Oh, really anything. Like, I do a lot of trips into the backcountry. So there's a lot of mountain photos. I like to cook. So there's a lot of cook photos. Yeah, yeah. And I have a cat. There's a lot of cat photos. (laughs) There are so many cat photos. So many cat photos, especially (laughs) recently. Yeah. So tell me about Stratus. So Stratus has been around for a few years. It's basically a group of people that met over Instagram, and they bonded over their love over film photography. Recently, they started a film development lab, and that's where people can drop off rolls of film, and they will develop them for you at a lower price than, say, a London Drugs. Okay. And uh, recently, I tagged along with them on one of their expeditions take photos. That, that camera is actually the Leica collab camera. Leica. We're next to the Saskatchewan River. We're right above one of our new LRT stations. We're seeing a nice, sunny, cold, white blanket of snow on top of the river right now. It's actually quite warm, which is really nice. Uh, my name is Alexander. Uh, I'm part of Stratus. Stratus is kind of... Uh, a film photography collective, but we're ultimately a bunch of artists who have come together to kind of revive film and um, help people and influence people into shooting film again. I don't know. These can be just fun photos, to be honest. So what got you into film photography? It just looked so nostalgic. And I think a lot of people would agree that when you look at film, it just feels nostalgic. It's almost like capturing a memory for me particularly, I love the way it renders lights. Um, I love the way it has grain and each film stock gives you a different color and look and style. Um, something that doesn't exist with digital. How did you discover film? It's really just seeing all these people shoot it on the internet. Film was a much more expensive thing, but it also just captures something you can't replicate with uh, digital. You know, I think. Digital is very, focuses a lot on like the pixels and how sharp an image is, but film was really that feeling. There was a different feeling there that I, that I got. It also really taught me to kind of slow down. Um, digital is very quick, I found, whereas film really forced me to, to slow down, take my time, really set up that shot. It was very hard at the beginning because there's all these manual types of settings. It's, it's really about like learning how to use them. And then, um, you know, I think with YouTube around, it's e- easy to 
learn a bunch of new skills. James, how far were you usually when you were taking a, pic a portrait of someone like this? I'm holding a medium format camera. It is a Hasselblad 500CM. Uh, it was the, the brand that was taken for the first moon landing. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. I'm about to load the film into the Hasselblad. So I have a Cinestill 50D film roll that shoots 12 photographs with this Hasselblad. So you'll only get 12 pictures out of this? 12 pictures with this particular one, yes. In our digital world, does that make you nervous? Very much, yeah. Film is extremely expensive, but I don't think it's something you, you can replicate. It's really unique. How, how much was this film? This film runs about $24. Yeah. How often do you, you spend $20 on film, go around, take photos, mm -hmm. and then discover that you can't use any of the photos? Um, there was many before, or many times of that before, but uh, I think with the pressure of how expensive it is, you're kind of forced to get good at it. <laughs> what I love about these older cameras, it's amazing to me how many small moving parts up until this point are working. I really do feel like a lot of these can outlast a lot of digital cameras just because of how well built they are. It's kind of hard to explain. It's almost like a little rectangle box with a viewfinder at the very top. So a standard viewfinder, you would kind of point your eyes straight towards something. But with this one, you have to look down on it uh, where you can choose and frame what you're shooting, actually. So you're holding the camera like almost at your waist and looking down exactly. through the viewfinder. Exactly, yeah. It's a waist-level waist <laughs> viewfinder. So I'm just taking the film and I'm rolling it into our spool here. Sometimes it's a little slippery. It's also very cold out, so... <laughs> Alright, we can take our first photo. We're gonna shoot photos of our friends today. I want to get a photo of you guys with our beautiful skyline. <laughs> so I'm just gonna magnify this so I can see if they are in focus. Okay, they're good here. Make a couple adjustments. Okay. One, two, three. Uh, if I'm not creating stories, I'm creating, just capturing memories, honestly. I love looking back at photographs. I love seeing what I did. This can be fun if you want. It doesn't have to be serious. Okay, there we go. <laughs> can. <laughs> it is so deeply satisfying to hear those clicks mm -hmm. and just like the... Oh, like it's ASMR. <laughs> and they're like real clicks, you know, yes. on like a, on iPhone today, you can get like 
the, the sound effects sound which i really hate yes. i'm like it's not real but you hear like the actual gears and like mm-hmm. that kind Everything of metal moving. clunky feeling i also love that phrase capturing memories yes um and just that idea because it's true any photo captured on film has this weird sense of nostalgia even though it was just taken maybe a day ago mm. we have these little um polaroids on my fridge that are literally of my partner and his nieces like a month ago but they look like old like 90s photos or something mm-hmm. like the kids weren't even alive then but there's something so nostalgic it holds this kind of history to it they just feel like they have more of a story with them yeah and i don't really know how to describe that they just like there seems to be more to the photo yeah 100 percent. so i also talked to a couple of other photographers on why they got into film my name is reem elmoed what got you into film photography If I'm being completely honest, I think when I was a teenager, I would browse on websites like Instagram and Tumblr, and I saw other creators using film to just create really beautiful images that you can't really mimic using digital methods. And I remember in particular, there was one photographer from Japan. I think his handle was called Haru and Mina, which are the names of his children. And he would take just really nice family photos of him and his kids. That kind of inspired me to look on eBay and buy my first film camera and... That's when I started doing it in 2014, I think, when I was in high school. Tell me about the first time that you used film. So I'm a late 90s baby, 1998. So I grew up with my family using film and VCR and things like that. So it wasn't ever foreign to me. um, But I can definitely remember sometime probably between elementary school and high school. It just kind of, that's when it started to fade away for me. So I rediscovered it in high school. And at first I was just taking pictures of my family, my pet cat, my brothers, um, and my friends. And it didn't really become uh, something that I took outside the house for a few years, I would say. And then it was through social media where I was introduced to other creatives, other artists, and I saw the work they were doing. And I decided, oh, I want to try taking photos of other people too. So I reached out to other creators to try and collaborate. I'm James Ha. Film for me, um, I think it was hard for me at first. I started out shooting photography on my phone and I was on vacation and I was kind of just looking at other people with their cameras and uh, it was a bit intimidating and I didn't, I wasn't really sure if I wanted to invest in like a DSLR camera or like a mirrorless camera at that time. So um, I went with a film camera that I found on Facebook Marketplace and um, yeah, it's kind of just started from there and I loved it ever since. Uh, it's the Canon AE-1, which is the, I would say, the most popular kind of budget camera that people start out with. Uh, it's since skyrocketed in price, unfortunately, like everything else in the film field, but um, really popular. I love the camera. I started with that camera. I ended up breaking it on accident um, in Toronto when I was uh, just shooting for fun. And then I replaced it with a different system, and then now I'm back at the AE-1 again. <laughs> like So you said like the, the cost of the camera has really increase in price is film photography is it becoming more popular i think film as of late has been getting a lot of popularity uh this is a little bit due to social media and just a lot of people kind of liking the nostalgic look to it um same thing even goes with mirrorless cameras even with film like with film prices going up so much as of late a lot of people are shifting to mirrorless cameras and fuji film cameras as of late specifically are also very popular because they are digital and mirrorless cameras, but they kind of emulate film. So that's another reason why people like that. So I think as of late, a lot of people do like the aesthetic in general. I think it's so fun to hear someone reference Tumblr 
because mm-hmm. that is a place that I also remember really first seeing and appreciating photography. Oh, okay. Even if it was like just oversaturated, like mirror mm-hmm. things with a quote over top, like written over tape. Inspiration. Yeah. Like just, you know, that emo screaming feeling yeah, yeah. thing. I But <laughs> it was definitely a source. And it's also cool to think of how kind of these old school hands-on practices are coming back to life because of things like social media. Mm-hmm. And like, they, that's and, weird. And they might have had to use modern technology to learn them, like watching yes. a YouTube video. Yeah. Like it's this collision mm-hmm. of different time periods and um, also photography in high school. I think that is something that a lot of people take but not a lot of people maybe stick with. Yes, it's like sort of an extra class you can take yeah. for fun. And, and maybe, you, maybe you're like me and you took it and had like some really great shots of the uh, cars in the parking lot but discovered you didn't really have much to it. But there was this drama <laughs> of high school photography. I'm just exposing myself as a horribly Learning not so much about you. artistic person. But there was a thing about high school photography where the drama of going into the dark room mm-hmm. and of seeing even if it was just an awful picture of a car in a parking lot – of it come to life mm. on that piece of paper. I've never been a part of it, but in movies, it looks <laughs> exciting. <laughs> well, it, I understand that you kind of saw some of the dark roomy stuff, right? I did. So as I said earlier, I take long for the picture taking portion. But afterwards, I went to the lab to see where they developed the photos. Hey, I'm Kasun Medigadera. Sure. Yeah. So right now we're at uh, Site 94, which is the Stratus headquarters and also where our photo lab is based. So yeah, essentially we're running the wet lab portion out of just the bathroom. Um, What we have set up is very simple. It's a Home Depot bucket with a sous vide bath. So the sous vide keeps the chemistry at the right temperature. So the developing chemistry for color, especially for color film is very sensitive to temperature changes. So it has to constantly be at 102 Fahrenheit. And then there's a work surface right next to it, which is like this tub. So yeah, the whole setup is right next to the tub. And above it, we had kind of this like rail hung up. And this is where the film negatives are actually hung on this little, very simple like Dollarama laundry holder. You can just connect your film clip or your clips to, to the film. Tell me how you got into film photography. I think for me, it was probably 2017. It was like my second year uni- <clears throat> second year of university so then i bought my first camera purely because there's like a facebook marketplace listing for a camera for like 50 bucks so i was like oh let me just give this a shot completely butchered my first roll like i i kept opening the film back because i was like oh let me check if it's still winding and then i like obviously it just got exposed to the light and i completely destroyed it. i think there's like two photos that turned out for my first roll <laughs> Okay, so I can relate. (laughs) Please tell me what you thought, because you're quite the cook. You're quite the kitchen guy. What did you think when you first saw all these sous vides? Well, actually, it's quite funny that you brought that up, because I saw the sous vides, and I was like, oh my god, I have the exact same sous vide, but I I use it for cooking, not for, like... Chemicals. Not for chemicals and developing photo. It's a great model. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But that trial and error, it sounds so familiar, but it's also cool to see someone find their passion and literally work to create this space and Mm -hmm. this community around it and 
use a house as a home base for photography. Yeah, it's super interesting. So as you heard in that tape, uh, Kasun, he's the executive director of Stratus, and he actually just recently bought that house. Oh. Um, and it's specifically for developing film. That's amazing. I know. So he still lives at home with his parents and has plans to eventually build a garden suite in the backyard where he will live and the house will remain as a photo lab which is a little bit interesting because that's a bit backwards. Yeah, I would not expect buying a house and then building a place to live. The house is the place mm-hmm. to live. What is this sound? What are we hearing? So the sound that you're hearing here is them actually trying to wind the film from the camera onto a separate uh, spule and then put it into a life-proof container so it can be soaked in chemicals to be developed. So this is like, it's dark in here. So I sat with them in the dark room while they did this. They can't see anything. I can't see anything. They're just feeling, going by touch. Like I'm pointing the microphone maybe at the wall, maybe at them. I don't really know. Very casual. Um, And then from this, the film goes into the bathroom where it is washed and then it's hung to dry over a bathtub. So they don't actually print actual photos. Mm-hmm. What they do is after the film is developed, they scan it back into the, compu- uh, into the computer mm-hmm. and then they send it to the customer. Another digital take on another, old school. Yeah, another like marriage of yeah. like old school and, and new school. <laughs> uh, on a separate note, uh, Stratus also produces a journal about twice a year. And it's named after their collective, also Stratus. Um, and their next one is supposed to be themed around Vancouver. And they're planning a trip there this fall or, or summer. So you saw the whole process. You saw some of these negatives. And I'm, I'm sure mm-hmm. some of the other photography that they've done. What do you think? Does it live up to the hype? Is it worth all this extra effort to shoot analog? I'm, I mean, it certainly. they are certainly right that it's not something that you can get or I can get with my iPhone or like digital camera. With your fancy Pro With my X fancy camera. like Pro X camera. Um, <laughs> like there is certainly something different about it. Like with the grit and it just has a lot more story behind it and it kind of looks it just looks more interesting Mm -hmm. and i could certainly see that and say if you're really into photos why you would be drawn to this um because it's something you can't really get or so i think from like a fancy digital camera um and the the negatives that i saw they were really cool like they're they were really neat um i haven't seen yet them publish it on the computer so Mm -hmm. i just saw them hanging from the bathtub um, upside down. <laughs> I mean, they're all really small, but they, yeah, it looked really cool. Like some cool colors and just like the framing was Very really cool. neat. So neat and needless to say, you're going to take a Hasselblad on your next yes, round. I, I think after this chat, I'm going to rush out to <laughs> eBay and, and just like use my paycheck. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Whole paycheck. Whole paycheck on the <laughs> camera from. <laughs> Thank you, Liam. <laughs> Thanks, Claire. So film cameras are back, and it happened pretty quick, in a flash, if you want to be punny. The popularity of the analog technology has largely been driven by nostalgia, and any boom like this has effects on the industry and businesses. In this case, the jump in popularity has created a shortage of products and longer waits to develop photos. Alberta business reporter Kyle Bax joins us now to bring this story into focus. Hey, Kyle. Hi there. So firstly, are you into photography yourself? (laughs) I enjoy the craft, you know, (laughs) by no means am I an avid shutterbug. You know, I I like to, you know, I can keep up a good conversation about exposure and focus, but you're going to lose me if you get any more advanced than that. (laughs) You know, 
as being as being a reporter, I travel quite a bit, you know, exploring different parts of the province. And so I usually carry a digital camera with me to help document, you know, some of the places that I go. And I appreciate good photography and just, you know, kind of how valuable and impactful a good photo really is. Yeah, you're still doing better than me with my iPhone. So <laughs> <laughs> so needless to say, this caught your eye. Is this another trend that we're seeing from the pandemic, like sourdough? Yeah, sort of. You know, to be fair, film cameras, they started to make a comeback about five years ago. Some people began redeveloping their love for film and everything that comes with it. You know, the quirks of some of these cameras, certain characteristics of different types of film and so on. Jasmine Orr is a photographer in Edmonton who owns about a dozen cameras, but more and more is using film and developing some black and white photos at home. One of those hobbies that I've come back to... Everything in the world is digital these days, and I needed something more, like, concrete. And Orr talks about how you don't just snap a bunch of pictures, like with a digital camera or a smartphone. Instead, you usually put a lot more thought, on, thought into it. And for Orr, you know, that makes the photos a lot more meaningful. Yeah, I really resonate with that idea of just like a concrete item. I think that's something that, especially in the pandemic, I found myself going back to. <laughs> so what's the demand like for film? You know, it's pretty interesting. You know, the industry was heading for extinction over the last few decades, but then there's been this turnaround. And, you know, think back to Kodak. It went bankrupt in 2012. But in the last year, it's hiring like crazy. And the company can't boost production enough to keep up with what it calls an explosion in demand for film. At McBain Camera, the Alberta photography chain, sales are increasing by double digits just about every year since about 2019. And the majority of customers are under the age of 25. Wow. And this kind of comeback, this was amplified by the pandemic? Definitely. Rennie Rodriguez, general manager of the Edmonton store, here's why he says analog is making a comeback. The big reason why people are getting back into film is because of the process and the nostalgia factor. So it, it hits on both quite well. Much like people enjoy cooking from scratch because of the process of cooking from scratch. The same with film. They enjoy that process of slowing things down. They don't have to have immediate results. They can enjoy the actual process of photography that much more. Same reason why people started baking bread or uh, gone to vinyl or things like that. It's people needed an outlet for what they were experiencing at the time and a safe, creative one at that. And film was a really, really kind of handy way to get into that. And his shop can develop about 60 rolls of film every day, but he says that's not enough to keep up with the demand. So they actually have to turn away some business right now. Wow. Yeah. Turning away business, double digit expansion. Were, were you surprised when you heard about this massive jump? Definitely. You know, I I knew that the trend was happening, um, but, but just not to that extent. You know, I, I think back even... You know, seven, eight years ago, I had a friend who was kind of moving and was downsizing and they were just trying to get rid of their, their old film cameras and they couldn't sell it. Like there was no value, you know, in this, in this device. And then now, you know, just to see how popular there is, how big of demand it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, quite extraordinary. Yeah. So, so what does it take to join the zeitgeist? How much can a film camera cost you? You know, at the stores that we went to, the costs really vary. You know, there's the most basic versions that are like 60 or 70 bucks, plastic, you know, that sort of thing. Then there's those high-end cameras that can be around $8,000. And be 
Exactly. And because of all the demand, you know, manufacturers have not been able to keep pace. And so prices are increasing. Even just a roll of film can be 20 or $30. And that's about double the usual price. Do you think that this is just a passing fad then? Or is analog here to stay even with the price tag? You know, no one thinks the industry is going to return to its dominance of the past. You know, there, there still are these limitations or or negatives, you could say. <laughs> you know, some people don't like the quality of the photos or the time it takes to develop a picture or even the limits for how many photos you can take with a single roll. But those are also the exact same characteristics that make the camera appealing for others. You know, no doubt, though, at least for now, Demand continues to pick up. We caught up with Dave Marshall. He started making rolls of film himself just after the pandemic began, and his business right now is booming. It's called Flick Film, and it now makes about 100 different products, like kits to develop photos at home, you know, various chemicals for sale, and of course, different types of film for photography and the movie industry as well. Marshall says demand continues to pick up. We had a request for some film, so we started finishing film, buying reels of film in 1,000-foot reels and finishing to 35-millimeter. And from there, it just kind of kept getting larger and larger. So we went outside of Canada into America, then UK, Europe, Australia, Hong Kong, on and on and on. And his shop, it's located in a small town called Longview. It's in ranching country, kind of south of Calgary in the foothills of the Rockies. You know, some kind of avid customers almost describe it like a pilgrimage, you know, because of the setting, <laughs> you know, the winding road to get there. Um, and they can kind of nerd out a little bit because there's some really obscure items for sale. Um, so it's a pretty interesting little business. You know, but but what he was talking about, you know, how this little shop in Alberta selling to, you know, all these different countries, it really shows how this trend it's not over and it's continuing to grow at least for now more and more people developing or redeveloping their love for analog so what do you think as a photography fan are you tempted by film maybe like a disposable is that what we're talking about <laughs> i would i would join you on the disposable train there is something about having real photos at a time when we don't have them on our phones right like i i so rarely have held a, a recent photo of my friends or family so if it's a an instant camera like a disposable that would be cool <laughs> i remember i remember you know being a kid or teenager and having a film camera and i you know you only had 24 photos and i wanted to you know really be precious with using those yeah. but then by the time i would actually develop the role i didn't even remember half the stuff that was on there so it was it was almost <laughs> like you got the photos it was like unwrapping like a present cuz you didn't even know what was in there um you know there there really is a charm to it and i'm I'm really curious to see where this goes. You know, uh, it's it's sure interesting, you know, how big of a change there's been in recent years. And it's going to be pretty remarkable, you know, just to, to watch where this goes from here. The Loop is a podcast from CBC Edmonton. And our team this week is Leslie Goldstone and Sam Brooks. Our theme music is Change Your Mind by Edmonton musician John Common. And I'm Claire Bonnyman. Thank you so much for listening. The Loop is recorded on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis communities. If you want to get in touch, you can send us an email, theloop at cbc.ca, or I am online pretty much everywhere at NAMINOB. Leave us a rating or review wherever you download the show, and you can find us on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.